I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Better late than never. Welcome. It's favorite. Fucking Anton Lander. I like, really like the backup drawer. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Let's go, baby. Jesus. Let's go, Jesus. baby. Yeah! Jesus. Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. Jesus. Fucking Anton Lander. It's my favorite. Listen to that intro. Did you miss the intro on the impromptu podcast from Vegas? I bet you did, didn't you? I bet you did. You never think you miss the music until you don't have the music. Well, here we are. Welcome to Better Late Than Never, episode 64, I think. I'll figure that out after and post. That's how we do it around here. I'm prepared, but... Only to a certain degree. And that's why I'm going to start off the podcast, as I always do, telling you about the audio department. Go check out theaudiodepartment.ca, book yourself some studio time, record a podcast like mine, record a folk album, record a diss track, whatever you want to do there. That's the place to do it. Theaudiodepartment.ca. You could be like Purity Ring, White Horse, Shout Out 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 Out, Striker, Royal Tusk, The Dungarees, Nice Horse, Dan Davidson, Joe Nolan, and many, many more. TheAudioDepartment.ca, that's where you need to be. It is a studio right here in Edmonton. Welcome to Better Late Than Ever, everybody. It is a solo episode with me this week. I am going to schedule an interview for next week's show. But today, I just want to recap some stuff. I have a lot to talk about. We just came back from the nation vacation. There's plenty of Oilers news to talk about. Milf Manor kicked off on the weekend. I've got, I'm just excited. I'm super excited. So we're going to get to all of it. But first, I'm going to start with the Nation Vacation recap. I did an impromptu podcast from the hotel room on Saturday. We're not going to go through the whole thing again, but just a couple of quick items. One, thank you. Just, I really, really want to say thank you because it was just so cool to meet everybody and see everybody and just have an amazing experience down in... Uh, down in Las Vegas with just some really, really, really great people. And I can't wait to do it again. 
I just, I really, really can't. I can't wait to do it again. We just had the best time, and we met so many fun people and so many cool Oilers fans, and to see it all take place just kind of from the background. I mean, you know my shtick. I met a lot of cool people, and I also got a chance to talk to a bunch of randoms that they didn't know who I was. I talked to some people where they would hear my voice and they figured it out. I talked to some people who they just did some deep dives on the internet and they found things. And I was just like, wow, what a community we have here. The one story I want to talk about was from the watch party. We covered it on the last episode was just how funny it was to have the manager at Tom's watch bar in Vegas go, are you guys sure you need this, this slot of 50 people that we put together for your group? And we were just like, man, you're going to fill the bar. And we did. And it spilled out into the casino. Again, we covered all that together as a group on Saturday in the bonus episode. But it was really amazing. Walking through a bar full of Oilers fans that just knew we were there, want to participate and want to get together as and be part of that scene. Really, really incredible. And then the next day after we recorded the podcast was the actual game at T-Mobile itself. And it couldn't have started off any better. Yanmark, when he opened the scoring early in the game... He absolutely got the crowd going. I know we were getting some text messages from people. People were reaching out on social media being, how many Oilers fans are in T-Mobile right now? Because it sounds like on TV, it is the bulk of them. And it was. It was. My voice is just now coming back from all the screaming and yelling that we did that night. Rick, Tyler, and I, Oilers Nation crew, uh, Oilers Nation radio crew, we were all sitting together in one of our sections. And we were just screaming having the best time. And I got to say, Vegas fans are cool. They're really awesome because they just take it all in stride. They know you're there to party. They know they live in Las Vegas. They know that that is not a normal NHL city. And they 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 just have a good time with it. And that takes me back to the, the shame chant that a lot of people on our social media were getting mad about. We were walking into the arena and Vegas fans were shaming us. They were going, shame, 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 before the game even started. And then after every penalty, every penalty, I should say, they do the same thing. Shame, shame, shame. And it goes on and on and on and on. But my bull captain Felton, who was actually there with us at the game, re-watched it. And he just said, they cut all that out on the broadcast. People on watching on TV, they didn't get that bit of context. So when the Oilers fans were doing the shame, shame, shame chant, we were just giving it right back to them, just the way they were. It was fun. You look at the videos and you see Vegas fans, they're chanting shame. They're all having a good time. They know what the shtick is. I was I was honestly stunned by the way people were just rattled by the shame chant. But at the same point, I guess if you don't have the context, it's a completely different scene. But I beg you, if you can, if you're able, find a way to make it down to Vegas because watching a game there is completely different. The volume is cranked up to 15. The chants are alive. Vegas is Vegas, so they obviously put on a great show. The whole thing is geared towards entertainment, and that's really all the shame chant was. It was two Pacific Division teams going back and forth, back and forth, and having a great time while we were at it. So again, I was really, really surprised by the negative feedback on our social media after that video went out. But then after after finding out that they didn't show that part on TV, it, it made total sense. It really, really did, because if you didn't see that, well, you didn't know. You didn't know. And But at the end of the day, the whole thing was about the group we went down there with. We went down with 50 amazing nation citizens with the help from our friends at AMA Travel and just 
had the best time. We really had the best time. And I know that the next time we go down, we're going to do it even better. The feedback coming in from the group that joined us is excellent. Everybody had a good time. They're hiccups, sure. But you know what? We're going to fix them. We'll be better for next time. And I just thought it was great. I also want to give Nation Dan a shout out. I thought he did a really good job as the host of the trip. I just had, we just had a blast. All of us had a blast. The Nation HQ team had a blast. And selfishly, I loved it even, like there was one special, a couple special moments with just the team, the Nation staff that were down there. And I can't think of one more than when we were just doing a dance party after both victories down there. Friday night, we talked about it on the Saturday episode. We went down to Fremont Street, had an amazing dance party. All nation staff. We were off the clock at that point. We were just having fun and celebrating together. We had such a good time that night. We did it again after the Saturday win against the Golden Knights. We went back down to Fremont Street. And this time there was a DJ. The DJ ended up being excellent. We were dancing again. Went and played some craps, won some some more money. We were rolling. Everything about it was great. Everything about it was great. So really, I'm just completely overjoyed with how this went. I'm so, so impressed by all the people that came with us. And I just, I love these opportunities where we get to hang out with each other in just completely different settings. It was really, really fun. And I just, I'm so grateful to everybody that came with us. I really, really am. It's hard to describe it if you can't, if you haven't seen it. To see a group of nation citizens come together that way was so much fun. It was just so much fun. And I I promise you, you got to do what you can to come back down there with us because there's nothing like it. There's something so special about heading behind enemy lines with a group as amazing as this one. If you haven't been on one of these trips, please, please find a way. I promise you, you're going to have a fun time. I promise you it's going to be great. And just for all of you that joined us, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then when I came home, the greatest show in the history of television was on. How could I not spend at least a couple of minutes talking about MILF Manor airing on TLC? Like, come on. Here's the concept if you don't know what I'm talking about. You have got eight single, well, they just call them MILFs on the show. The show's called MILF Manor. Now, they've got eight singles here, and we're going to go through the mix here afterward because some of them are just hilarious to me. And then the twist is their dating pool is eight of their, it's their sons. So you see MILF A mixing with son C and MILF B getting annoyed because her son is talking to MILF D. Like the whole thing is a scene. It is garbage TV. It's terrible. But it's terrible in the best possible way. And I just, I have to. I think I've got to. It's my duty to walk through this show with you guys on this podcast. So I beg of you, if you haven't watched it, watch episode one. Next week when we come back, we're recapping episode two together. It's like the gods of shitty reality TV took a deep dive into my brain or something, you know? And then they spit out the worst piece of shit you could ever imagine. Oh, man, I loved it. It was horrible and fantastic and everything about this show is amazing. (laughs) <laughs> so first up one of the stars of episode one was kelly with an e key k-e-l-l-e more like kel 
That's how I would pronounce that. She's 51, and she was just an absolute horn dog. There was not a guy on that show that she didn't want to talk to. And then there was also a Sue Young. She was 51. And I knew she was going to be great right off the jump when she's like, I don't like kissing, but I want to bang. And it's just the way these women are talking and the surprise on their kids' faces. Because we're talking about dudes in their young, in their early to mid-20s. They don't know how to handle a woman of these vintage. And April Jane, 60, she was hilarious. Pola, 48. A lot of people liked Pola. A lot of people liked Pola. She was speaking in Spanish, you know. A lot of the, a lot of the gentlemen were approaching Pola just absolutely wonderful there's some of these women that don't have their due yet like charlene we didn't really see much of her she was a little bit quieter so in the first episode they basically just introduced the concept they mix the group together but my girl kelly the first one i talked about she was trying to take guys home after hours she's like a black widow out there that's how i felt she was just out for she was out for blood i cannot wait to see where the show goes it's terrible now Now that we have one season in the books, or at least the start of one season in the books, I've got ideas on how to improve this thing. First, we don't need the twist. You don't need to hide the twist. Because after I saw the trailer, we all knew what the twist was before even watching the show. So now the cat's out of the bag. I say you just widen your pool. Now that people know what this show is, I promise you they're going to get excited about it, and I promise you they're going to get involved in a bigger way. So... I already know that season two of MILF Manor, because this one's going to be a smash, is going to continue, and I bet the group on season two is going to be even better, and they're going to be even weirder, weirder, and they're not going to be, I don't know, there weren't so much MILFs as cougars, you know? We have some women in our 60s and our 50s. I loved it. This is just a terrible, terrible trash show. It's like, like I said, the reality TV gods, they know I love dating shows they know i love weirdos and they just mashed it together in this weird american pie-esque ripoff you know it's great it's just so great and i can't wait for sunday again you have no idea i was flying home on sunday i spent all day waiting at a sports book at the park mgm waiting to come home i'm flying home i get by the time i get home pick up my dog get home it's probably one in the morning i was just like should i just watch it now I really want to watch it then, but I was so exhausted. I waited till the next day like a gentleman. But man, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, we just had the best time. Um, Going back to the nation vacation, just real quick. I see my boy Waz. I got to get him on this podcast. So I'm going to maybe do get him on for 10, 20 minutes next week, just to recap his first week in Vegas. Once he's had time to kind of think about it, because watching him experience Las Vegas for the first time through his eyes was truly remarkable. And what I said on Saturday, I meant we're going to GoPro him the next time he gets there because he walked tons and tons of KMs. And I just, I couldn't be happier to see him experience something like that. And I, I need him to tell some of the stories. So between the nation vacation, watching Waz do his thing, winning some money, playing crabs and coming home to Milf Manor. Well, I'm not sure life gets better than that, does it? Maybe it doesn't. Let's check in the news. The news. I am Bag Milk. Wednesday, January 18th. Minus six degrees in the capital city. 4.40 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The big news of the week, obviously, this week was the return of Evander Kane. He came back last night for the game against the Kraken. 
I'm going to be honest. I did not expect him to play as well as he did. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it. I didn't expect it. I thought my guy, like I thought to be fair, I was being fair to him. He hasn't played in 31 games. And yet, if you looked at it last night, you would have never known he hadn't played in 31 games. Never. He may not have scored in his first game back from his wrist injury, but damn it, was it good to see him back on the ice. Kane brings that swagger, and the team needs it. Add in the fact that he got seven shots on goal, plenty of good chances. Once he gets his timing back, those are going to be going in the net, and we're going to be having a great time with Evander Kane. I am, admittedly, I'm worried. I'm worried about re-injury on his hand or on his wrist, or whatever, the, the the pieces inside, the robotics. I am worried about that, but I also i am trusting the Oilers' um, uh, medical staff to be smarter than I am, you know? But man, it was great to see him. It was great to see him out there. After we interviewed him on Real Life a couple of weeks ago, he said, I want to come back as soon as I can, as soon as I'm able, as soon as they'll let me. And that last part was the most important part, as soon as they'll let me. Well, he got cleared to go yesterday, and it was fantastic. The interesting part about that move, though, is obviously we knew that somebody had to go. Kane ain't making a league minimum these days, and you know what? Somebody had to go. So we saw Marcus Niemelainen go down. He got sent down after, I think that was on, what was that, Sunday? Monday he got sent down? My time is a flat circle when you're in Vegas. I have no idea what days anything was. So he got sent down, which confirmed what I tweeted out on Saturday night after the Vegas game that Vincent DeHarnay was coming back to Edmonton and is extending his trip just a little bit more. He played last night in uh, against Seattle. He took a couple of penalties. My guy is nine feet tall. I don't know how he's getting elbowing penalties for guys running into his elbows since they're seven feet off the ground, but way she goes when you're that big. I loved that we nailed that one. I knew Vinny, I got, I heard it from a good source on Saturday night after the game that Vincent DeArnay was going to be invited back to Edmonton. And who knows how long this trip lasts, right? Who knows how long this recall lasts? But for the moment, my guy was enjoying it. And I just, that was the part that I loved the most that he earned this spot. He was playing better than Marcus Niemelainen at that point. And I don't think that's unfair to say either, you know? I, re- I really, really don't. So I'm super pumped and happy for Vinny DeHarnay because he just seems like a guy who loves being here, a guy who just absolutely loves being a part of this team. And the fact that he's a seventh round pick, it's just amazing, isn't it? It really, really is amazing. Um, and this was a quote that Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic tweeted out that I absolutely adored. I loved it. It just was the sweetest, sweetest moment. Saturday night on the plane, I had a glass of red wine, red wine lifestyle, red wine lifestyle. Should he get a bumper or should he get a, she should get something. Yes, he should. Uh, I shouldn't have kids cheering for red wine, but you know what? Red wine lifestyle. Saturday night on the plane, I had a glass of red wine and I put my headphones in and I put on some music that I like. I closed my eyes and I talked to myself. I was like, do you realize what just happened? I love that. This is a guy who worked his bag off to get to where he's at, and I'm happy to see him getting a couple of NHL paychecks as a result. Again, I don't know how long he's going to be around, but I'm going to ride the. I'm going to ride this while it lasts. I'm going to ride it while it lasts. The other things that happened in order to get Evander Kane on the roster, Kyler Yamamoto was placed on the LTIR until at least February 12th. Frank Saravalli over at DailyFaceOff.com says that he's got an array of injuries he's working through. That is majorly concerning it's really concerning to me and i don't 
I don't know how else to put it. I don't know how else to put it. Yamo was just starting to play well again, and now to have him back on the shelf for nearly a month, it's concerning to say the least, isn't it? What's going on? I'm just worried, and I don't know anything here, by the way, so I'm just going to say it. Like, I'm worried about if it's some post-concussion syndromes or even another concussion. I just, I'm really, really worried about the kid. I just hope that this break is exactly what he needs. And I'm also interested to see how the team looks without him in the lineup. Because right now, they're getting a little bit short on the right side, which made last night's Yesapuliarvi scratch even more interesting to me. Tyler broke the news on Twitter. He tweeted out, Yes, Pugliar is going to be a healthy scratch tonight against the Kraken. And man, were people mad. Big mad. Big, big mad. And I get it to a point because I actually thought it was a little bit unfair. Liam said on Oilers Nation Radio yesterday that he's like, Pugliar had been playing all right. Like Vegas wasn't a good night for him. I admit that. I was there. I watched it with my own eyeballs. But scored on Friday against the Sharks. I know it's the Sharks. So fucking, you still got to beat the bad teams too. But I thought he's kind of turned it around a little bit over the last handful of weeks. He's got something like three goals in his last 12 or 13 games. That's okay. But is this the beginning of the end for Yesapuliarvi? I don't know. I don't know. But what I want to say about it is that I really enjoyed watching him over the last handful of years, if it is nearing the end of his stay here. Again, Yamo is on the LTIR until February 12th. They're not in any rush to make a move right now because of that little cap flexibility they created with Yamo on the LTIR. But if this is the end of Yesapuliarvi, I liked watching him. I really did. I just, I think the kid has got a lot of potential, but I also think that right now he's really, really suffering with his confidence. And that's a big part of the reason he's not putting up goals the way we wanted him to. I think he's legitimately closer to the guy last year who had started off at, you know, he was getting goals. He was picking up points. I'm not saying he's probably a point-a-game player. I don't think that's the case, but I don't think he's somebody who has this f- little production in him either. The thing that's most important about players like this, when they're struggling, it just it really, really compounds in their head. You know, It really, really shows up in their play. And while he's doing the right things defensively, he just can't get anything to go right now. And that's... That sucks, and I feel for the guy. And at this point, I'm almost at a stage where a second opinion or a new home will probably do him well. And as much as it sucks for the Oilers to be selling low on a guy again, on this side, and the human element of it, maybe Yessa needs another look. And I think he's probably going to get one here before the deadline. I don't know when he's going to get traded, but I feel for him. I feel for him. It's not that he didn't have the opportunities here in Edmonton. He played a lot with Connor. He just couldn't make things work. And I think a big part of that is what's going on between the ears in that he's just not playing with any confidence right now. And it bums me out. I remember the draft party we threw when he fell to fourth overall and the Oilers snapped him up. Like nobody expected that to happen. Nobody. We had such high hopes for the kid. He had the big smile on earth. He licks his own eyebrows. You love it. I love to see it. The Bison King. You remember the pizza gif? You remember it. I just say pizza Jeff and yes, Pooley RV, and you can picture it in your head. I know you can. So it sucks for me. It just really does. It sucks that this is where we're at again. And some of that is on the organization. They did not develop him well, especially in his first couple of years, but some of it's also on the player. There's a lot to go around here on this one. There's a lot of who did what in this one. 
and it sucks, man. It does. I'm going to miss Yes Puliarvi, and I legitimately will be cheering for him to find success no matter where it is after he leaves Edmonton because I just feel like it's inevitable at this point. Are we at the beginning of the end, or did the beginning of the end start many, many weeks ago? I don't know. I really, really don't know. But to end off the news on a higher note, Flowrider was awarded $82 million in a lawsuit with Celsius uh, Celsius Energy Drink. He loaned his name and music to the company, originally claimed that he was owed about $30,000 for the contract breach, but over the years, his name grew bigger and bigger, and so did the profits. This is according to TMZ. So obviously, Flowrider got a little chunk of that back end. And they didn't pay him out. Well, he argued that he and his music and image helped Celsius become the giant it is today, starting all the way back in 2014. And the dispute centered around whether his deal with the company expired after he hit certain sales goals. Well, the judge today said it did not expire. And they agreed with Florida. And all of a sudden, he's getting a check worth $82 million. Let's go, baby. Welcome to my house. Pour that money all out. I know that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but man, I love, I just thought this story was so funny when Wanya sent it to me today. So I just wanted to share it. Another reason that I wanted to share it is Flow Ma- Rider was actually on my mind since the nation dance party on Fremont Street because the cover band was playing a lot of Flow Rider jams from like 10 years ago. It was the best. So Flow Rider in my brain, a couple of days later, 82 million bucks. Come on, that wraps up the news. The news brought to you by Bag Milk. Not me, Milk and Bags. That is an unofficial plug. They don't pay me, but they should. How am I not a spokesman for Bag Milk at some point? Like, where's Dairyland? Where's Dairyland? Anyway. Oh, jeez, Rick, are you listening to podcasts again? Not just any podcast, Morty. It's the podcast. It's better late than never with Bag Milk. Thank you, Captain Felton. Again, he was with us in, L- in I was going to say L.A., but we were in Vegas, and we had the best time with the captain. His outfit, if you haven't seen it, go check it out on the nation's socials. It's so funny. When he came in all decked out in his garb, I had a great laugh because he put a lot of effort and thought into that Captain Felton outfit, and I absolutely love it. Just like... We put a lot of effort into our bets for our friends at Betway over the last couple of weeks. I haven't really been betting all that much. At least not on hockey anyway. Like in Vegas, obviously, we were gambling. But on hockey, all I was really doing was Oilers money line over the last week or so. And I was going pretty heavy on it. I, like I was increasing my unit size because I wasn't really betting on anything else. But man, to have them go four straight wins, two of those against teams that they were chasing in the standings, on Vegas, they were the dogs. It was like plus 110 on the money line. Guess who went all in on plus 110 on the money line? I did. I did with our friends at Betway. So I want to hear what you're betting on if you are a better. If you're not, that's cool too. But make sure that you're of legal gambling age and that you only bet we can lose. Because really, that's what it's all about. It's just about a little bit of fun. We don't want anything other than a little bit of fun. Better late than never with back milk. Yep. 
You know you want to do it. Just leave a review. Tell your friend. Let's just do it. Spread the word. Oh, yes. Oh. You want to... Every time I think a donkey, vol- a donkey volley bumper is over, there's always like the at the end of it, and I always forget. So, time for the Righteous Act meeting. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. Trilogy Oldfield Rentals are the sponsors of the Righteous Act Beating. Go check them out at TrilogyRentals.ca. Of course, they are an established provider of oilfield rental tools with full-time operating units in Provost, Weyburn, and Kindersley. They also provide seasonal and project-specific stations in Fort St. John, Fort McMurray, Lac La Biche, and others as clients require. Check it out at TrilogyRentals.ca. Not a whole lot's really annoying me this week. I've had a really good week. Nation Vacation was great. I did well down there. The Oilers won both games. Had a great time with the team. Had a great time with the crew of Nation Citizens we flew down there with. So what am I going to complain about today? Well, I'm complaining about Twitter. As I told you last week, RIP to my blue check mark. I stopped paying for it. Really, at the end of the day, it wasn't worth it at all to be paying for that thing. But now my beef is that Twitter is trying to get too, they're trying to do too much. They're trying to be too much. They have they added in a for you tab on Twitter, kind of like you would have on TikTok, but nothing in that fucking tab is for me. I'm scrolling through it right now as I'm talking to you. And there's news, like, I also get it based on the things that I watch and Google. Like, I understand that that's probably in there. But I've got random dating services in there. I'm in a relationship. I've got Flames news in there. How the fuck does that happen? I don't want to talk about the Flames. I don't want to read about the Flames. I've got... Uh, Montreal Canadian stuff in there. I have got um, rib locations in Toronto. Guess what? I don't. I'm not in Toronto. I've got Mark Spector tweets. Guess what? I don't follow Mark Spector. I've got all kinds of shit in here that I don't care about. And if I wanted to see it, I would have followed those people in the first place. Why is Elon trying to overthink Twitter? It was fine before. I appreciate you trying new things out, man. But Let me pick where I'm defaulted to. I hate that it's defaulted on this For You page. I don't even know who the fuck these people are that I'm looking at. I don't want to follow any of these shitheads. I want to follow the stuff that I like. I want to follow the stuff that I want to see. I want to read about Milf Manor. I want to read about the Oilers. I want to see pictures of Nuge with his bobblehead. And I want to read about Milf Manor. Did I say that already? I don't want a bunch of politics on my Twitter feed, man. I don't follow that shit. I'm looking and that's all it is. There's politics, 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 politics. And I imagine like something that I'm reading is generating these, but like, that's not me. That's not me. I just don't think that that's me. So I don't have a lot to complain about today. So I had to come up with something on spot. Elon, figure it out, man. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. You're listening to Better Late Than Never with Bagged Milk, where facts plus bollocks equals factor bollocks. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the voicemail. Let's see what we got in here today. I have got about 16 voicemails or so. We're going to work through it. See what's on your mind. See what is on your mind. If you want to leave a voicemail for the podcast, the link is in my bio. I haven't done any questions of the week in a while. We're going to bring that back next week. So stay tuned for that. We have got a lot of stuff going on over there. But first, we are starting off with number one. Hey, Bag Milk Presto here, listening to you and your guy talk there on the podcast about why you don't want Chickering and why you don't want Edmondson. Everybody freaked out and loved that we got Keith aged because of his experience. Edmonton's been to the final. He's big, he's mean, he can defend. Uh, before before I get on to the rest of Presto's voicemail, which is probably telling me off, which I'm, I'm good with, by the way. Um, last week, Liam and I were talking about Jacob Chickering. And he had Frank Saravalli on Oilers Nation every day. And Frank was just saying, I don't really see the fit there. There's the injury woes that Chickren's had. There is the fact that he's just not probably the style of player that the Oilers need. It just kind of convinced me, if I'm being honest. And Liam and I were just having a conversation about it. So I'm curious to see where Presto goes here. That is the guy we get. And $3 million, and he said, what about a deal like Kulak? Well, Kulak's 2.75. He was not, though, last year. He was not last year. So when we acquired Kulak, he was much cheaper than that. That was his UFA rate. He was an unrestricted free agent. Anyway, Presto, you were still correct. Keep it going. So how is that not the same deal? Two, Chikrin is a way better defender than Tyson Berry. So if you can move Tyson Berry and find a way to get Chikrin later on for a little bit less possibly, but I do like the idea of the Gabrikov thing. That is- One thing just on, I don't think the Oilers are going to move Tyson Berry. I don't think so. I think he's a really popular teammate in the room. He's been effective on the power play. He's been defending better than, you know, maybe we expected from him. I don't, I've, I've, my head, again, I don't know anything here. My gut tells me, I don't think they're going to move him. I'm almost scared that Jay's going to be right. And don't ever play this for him, by the way. I don't want him to know that I'm thinking he's going to be right. I'm worried that they're going to move dad. I think dad's part of the solution, especially with the way Philip Broberg's come on lately. Listen, I've been a guy who said that we should trade Philip Broberg provided, again, I'm not volunteering Philip Broberg and pushing him out the door. Don't don't start with me. What I'm saying is package him up. Maybe you can get something really good. But with the way he's played over the last week or so, I'm starting to change my tune. Now all of a sudden I'm looking over at the right side. I'm like, dad, 
You can't defend worse shit. I know he's still in the second year, but I, I wouldn't trade him. I, I would not trade him. Dad is part of the solution, but I am concerned that Jay is going to be right. Presto, back to you. He's the guy we need. There's also a rumor about a trade for Tyson Berry for Mayfield out of the Islanders. So there is some options, but to say that the trade for Edmonton would be bad and that he's not right, he's Duncan Keith, but younger, bigger, and meaner. That would be a guy that I would like to see on our third or second pairing. Uh, the only I disagree with that just because Duncan Keith, he, I mean, he's won everything there is to win in hockey. So I can't compare the apples to apples on that one. Like, I'm buying everything you're selling, Presto, but that one I can't buy just because, I mean, what didn't Duncan Keith win? by the time he came in here and maybe Chikrin can get there one day, but there's nothing in his career to this point that shows me that he can. Um, and they do have to do more than one. You can't just do one defenseman on this team. They need two shutdown guys. I agree with that hundred percent. Yep. But like I said, he's an elite power play guy, Chikrin. So then you can move Barry or you could move Bouchard or whatever else you want to do. I'm not saying they have to, I'm just saying if they wanted to. So I think we need to keep a bit more of an open mind. Don't you think? Ciao. My mind's open, Presto. I'm open to anything, really. Like, I, I don't really disagree with any of your points there outside of the comparison to Duncan Keith just because of he was so decorated, you know. At a young age, at, at Chikrin's age, he was he was doing better. And again, of course, Chicago was a better hockey team. I understand that. Next up. Hey, Bag Milk. Sorry about my last post. It was quick. Um, I met you and Liam were, were discussing those things. Uh, Liam, I didn't know that you were a scout. And you've been to Saskatchewan. My boy plays uh, Bantam Double A for the Regina Aces. He's in the top 80 for SAS first and only one of four defensemen from Regina to do that. If you're ever around this year, come check him out. He's a really good defenseman. Um, <laughs> you know what? That might be one of my favorite voicemails that Presto's ever left. He's just like, we were talking hockey, we were talking others, we were talking trades, and all of a sudden he found out Liam's a head scout, head scout for the Sherwood Park Crusaders. And he's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I got a kid who's pretty good at hockey. Come check him out. I love that. Hey, listen, we're all selling out here. We're all selling ourselves. And in this case, we're selling our kids' hockey skills. I love this. It's just getting so tiring, the chicken thing and whatever. And I agree for the most part, he is a bit of a gamble, but I don't like the ask. It sucks that they want that much for him, but there is a lot of other options. I, I believe though, if you were to get a guy like chicken, you can let Barry go because he's also an elite power play guy, but he's more physically, he's a better defender. But there's a guy from, I can never remember his name. I think he's in Minnesota, strictly a defensive defenseman. And that's what they really do need. If you want to keep dad, then we have Nurse, who's fairly offensive. Then we're going to have Dad that's offensive. Broberg's supposed to be offensive. One of those guys has to go to get it. But I don't think one defenseman is enough. If it was me, you got to get someone to play with Nurse, which pushes CeCe and Kulak down to where they should be. Then you get a second pairing defenseman to play with CeCe, and all of a sudden you have a real solid defense. I Yep. The defense needs work. What's going to be interesting is what kind of work gets done down there. And here's the thing. I've been an Oilers fan long enough to just, I have opinions, obviously. That's why I have a podcast. That's why I'm talking right now. That's why we're having these discussions. But I've also learned that sometimes you just got to sit back and watch, watch the chaos and see what happens. I was one of the first people to complain about the Duncan Keith trade. And I still don't really like it based on what went out. But that at the end, at the end of the day, you make it to the Western Conference Finals, you go, ah, I can admit I was wrong. Some people can't. I can. I have no problem admitting I'm wrong. Happens all the time. Voicemail number three. This one's from, I think, my boy Ben. 
Yeah, because my auntie's friend was Joey Moss's niece. What are we talking about here? I think, Ben, I think we got out of order here somewhere. So I'm going to see if I can find one of wherever that started. Captain Felton, you're up. It's the nation vacation. It's the nation vacation. It's the nation vacation that I wish that I was on. Now, have fun, boys. I love that you left that as a voicemail for me because what you didn't know at that time clearly was that you were going to be on the nation vacation. If you missed the story, if you missed it, where we else we told it, Captain Felton was in the comment section on Oilers Nation every day. That's Tyler's live show that he does every day. Well, we were down there, and he's like, man, I wish I was there. And Jay just said, well, then get down here. And he did it. He did it. He jumped on a plane the very next morning, flew to Vegas for less than 24 hours just to join us. So you were on the nation vacation, Captain. You were, and I'm glad you were. Good afternoon. Uh, This is Patrick from Belfast. You might be listening to Better Late Than Never by Bag Milk. I I I don't know what's happening right now. Is is that is that your real is that your real accent, or is this an impression? I don't. I'm confused now. I'm very very confused. We're gonna go. Hang on. Push here. This is like that rattled me. That rattled me. So. You know what? We're going to start this over again. We're going to back you up. I'm going to turn this up, and we're going to push you play. Good afternoon. Uh, this is Patrick from Belfast. You might be listening to Better Late Than Never by Bag Milk. <laughs> Thing is, you don't know who this is. Actually, you have. I've let my accent slip a little bit. Oh. Hello. I'm back again. Hmm. Be careful what you wish for now. Be careful. No, coded warning. You got me, Donkey Volley. You really did. Here's the thing. I'm not good at regional accents. So I was thinking it was more Scottish, actually, as you were saying, Belfast. You know what? You, you, I'm just going to admit it. You bamboozled me. Donkey Volley, you win this round, sir. You win this round. By the way, this one, this one just says budget Mark Hoppus. So budget Mark Hoppus left me a voicemail. I'm very excited about wherever this goes. Hmm. Let's do it. I took her out. It was a Friday night. I grabbed a beer and she asked for the same. I head back to the bridge for an IPA, but all I had was about that bag. Hang on. I was singing over. I was singing the real lyrics. I didn't know we had a cover here, so I'm going to start it over. By the way, All the Small Things is a pretty tough song to play. So he's playing while singing. I, I actually really appreciate that. It's called an arpeggio. I took her home from an Oilers game. I grabbed a beer and she asked for the same. I head back to the bridge for an IPA. But all I had was about that bags. <laughs> and that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes it when you're out of company. Okay, the RV with the Noiler sweater. Your intro is a budget. I guess I'll just sit here and check out better than there's nothing better late than never. Wow. 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 
budget Mark Hoppus comes through with the clutch. Not only is he playing a little What's My Age again, love Blink. If you know me, I love Blink-182. It's my favorite band since I was a kid. So you leave me all the Blink covers you want, budget Mark Hoppus. I will play them all. Nick, what's up? Hey, Big Mo, just a quick uh, question for you. Mm-hmm. How much do you think NHL GMs consider a player's personal life, you know, their off-ice Without even knowing where the rest of those questions going on, has to be a lot. They got to do due diligence. Like if you think about it logically from a business perspective, these are what? In some cases, billion dollar companies that you're putting your trust into the 20 plus guys on the, on the, on the, on the ice. I would have to think that they have these in-depth conversations. I have to believe that. Life when they are considering assigning them to different places. The reason I'm asking this is Vander Kane is looming on the horizon to return. You back now. I saw something he could potentially play Tuesday night. Meaning they're going to have to clear a whole bunch of money here. And they did. Um, one of the ways they're going to do that is they have to send down one of Derek Ryan or Matias Yanmark. Um, Didn't have to. To me, the choice is simple. Derek Ryan. Matias Yanmark has... Uh, I don't know where we're going here, Nick. But you already know the answers here. So in hindsight, I'm just going to correct you and I'm going to judge you. So we're going to go on. So Matias Yanmark's still here. Derek Ryan's still here. Derek Ryan scored last night, actually. Outplayed Derek Ryan. Um, Matias Yanmark has been noticeable on the ice. I think he's actually he's been far and away the better player. But I do also know that Derek Ryan is a family man. He has his family here, his wife, his kids. He's in Edmonton. So I got to wonder how much a guy like Ken Holland would sit there and be like, yeah, I want to do the best thing for my hockey team, but also I know Derek has his family here and he wants to be here. Uh, um, what do you think? Do you think GMs think like that or is it all business, business, business? I was thinking you were just talking about bringing in a player entirely. See, glad I listened to the rest of the message. I honestly don't think they give a fuck. I really, really don't. You see players get sent down all the time that have kids. You get players traded all the time that have kids. At the end of the day, like I said, I guess off the jump, it's we're talking about big, big money business here, and you're moving players around like assets. They're just numbers on a spreadsheet, bits and bytes, moving left and right. That's how I honestly think that they look at it. Is it cold? Yeah. But sports is a cold motherfucker, man. And if you're not performing, they don't give a shit how many kids you have. Are you scoring goals? Are you helping the team win? Again, I'm not in the room. I have no idea. But if I was to guess, I'm pretty sure I'm probably right. Hey, Bag Milk. It's Kyle the Embalmer. What's going on? Uh, I just have a couple things I want to say. <laughs> Kyle the Embalmer. You know. If you know, you know. Uh, the first thing I want to say is I'm really sorry to get annoyed by all the people talking about how we need to deal with our bottom six. Our bottom six needs to contribute. Our bottom six, this and that. The reality is, look who's in our bottom six. 20-goal scorer, Nuge. Mr. Kleem, who's going to be a 20-goal scorer, who, by the way, has more goals than Yamo and Jesse combined. Kyle, next time I'm at your house, I'm going to tell you, you're going to leave a voicemail. you got to turn the sound in the background off. It's very distracting. It's all I can hear in my headphones. Why? Because I spend too much money on these headphones. This is what they do. Anyway, back to you year so far and Yanmark we don't have a bottom six we have a top nine so if our bottom three is our excuse about what our problems are we have bigger issues than that because there's no reason that our bottom three should be 
what causes our team to have issues. What I would say is the bottom, uh, the bottom three, and I guess I'll disagree with you a little bit because the bottom three probably are not going to can, you can't have them getting caved in, I guess is what I'm trying to say in a very roundabout way. You can't, even throw them out for the four, five, six, seven, eight minutes that they're going to play a night and have them get scored on on mass. Otherwise, you need the top nine to outscore the bottom three's problems, and that's not great either. You need to have a fourth line that's reliable. You need to have a fourth line that's cheap. You need to have a fourth line that's got some guys that can kill penalties. So I do disagree a little bit that the bottom, the fourth line doesn't really matter because they can contribute more in a negative way than they probably will in a positive way. And that's why I think that there's always room for upgrades. It doesn't matter where you are on the roster. The reality is, we know what it is. It's the defense. But of course, we have the real answer, and that is Vincent. I'd love to see this guy keep going. He uh, is going to help our team a lot. The other thing I want to say is more directed to Presto. Presto, I don't know why you're so angry. I don't know if you put an elastic around your balls before you leave a voicemail, but <laughs> I think you need to chill the fuck out, man. Just calm down. That's not nice. There's no reason I have to turn down my volume before you, uh, so I can listen to a voicemail. That's all I got to say. That's not nice. Presto, don't listen to him. And you know what? We're not here to kink shame either. If it's not Presto, if maybe I've got a elastic around my balls right now. Maybe I just like it. Maybe it feels nice. What do you think about that, Kyle the Embalmer? You don't know me. I mean, you kind of do. I mean, you do. But you never know, right? Right. Undefeated in the Desjardins era. Another big win against Seattle. Yes, sir. Um, Clint Costin still doing things, even though he didn't get a goal. Yeah, Clint Costin rules. Pretty big fan of him, to be honest. I'm a fan of you, Ben. It's pretty nice to see a bottom line or like that produce. And people then are mad on him being. I lost Ben. I lost Ben. We lost your audio there, pal. Sorry. Oh, there's another one from Ben. I think that he is talking underwater. Ben, if you are underwater, please let me know. Send some kind of smoke signal. I guess you can if you're underwater. Hmm. Do you have a blinking flashlight? It's going to be one of those high-powered ones, you know? Sorry, Ben. Your audio sucked. ABM. Uh, you know, a lot of us are wondering here if uh, you're, a, you know, if you're an ass man or a boom man. Let us know. Come on. <laughs> uh, but neither, really. Like, I don't. I shouldn't say neither, both. I want to say both. It doesn't like I've, 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 if you lined up the girls that I've dated throughout my life, they all look incredibly different. I'll just put it that way. So do yourself a favor and just go watch uh, the Tyson Berry interview on uh, Spitting Chicklets. A lot of good uh, insight, and uh, I think you'll find out something you and Nooch have in common. So enjoy that. Well, how dare you tease me? I don't want to listen to Spitting Chicklets. I like I do I enjoy Spitting Chicklets because I think what they do is they bring out the personality in players and this league desperately needs that. But I don't listen to it. So can you give me a recap of why me and Nooch have something in common? Do we both love red wine? The weird thing though is the clip that I kept seeing was Paul Bisonette is obsessed with Connor McDavid's hot tub. You gotta let it go, man. The more you talk about it, the less likely it is that you're going to get in there. Last voicemail of the week is from Laird. 
Hey, Bag Milk. I wanted to send this last week, but I lost track of time and missed the deadline. Happens to all of us, you know? I don't even, I almost forgot to do this podcast today. I don't even know what day it is. So, hopefully, I don't miss the deadline for this week. But I wanted to talk about the LA Kings versus the Edmonton Oilers game when the puck was in the glove and they just go to an automatic review now by the refs. So, if you don't remember, Jack Campbell slid across, made what looked like, upon the initial glance, like an unbelievable save. Just a ridiculous save. It was like, I, I cheered in my house. I screamed, whoa! But they went to review, and even though I still don't believe you could see the puck fully across the line, they counted it as a goal, erasing what was otherwise a special save by Jack Campbell. I'm fine with that. But also, there's a lot of times throughout the season, I'm sick of the bullshit where it's like oh we give you a free review instead of the team having to challenge it and throw the challenge i actually you know what i i i like what you're saying right now why get a free one from the booth if you don't call it you shouldn't get it like if you're confident in the challenge challenge as a team you should throw your challenge and be like okay because you get it back and you can keep challenging after that instead of the refs doing this challenge of well i think it might have been offside or I think it might have been goaltender interference. We're going to go check instead of the team being like, no, I believe that's goaltender interference and checking. I don't know. That's one of those things that pisses me off about the refs is when it's instead of doing the paid version, they try to use the free version as much as they can. And I hate that shit. I don't disagree with you. I I, I completely agree that there. I mean, there are times when I don't mind a booth review. Because, as an example, let's say that you, the puck goes in and out of the net so quickly that it, it blink of an eye, you miss it, right? And it happens sometimes. It's one of those in out. And then they'll be playing, and then you hear the buzzer go off. And you go, uh-oh, there was a goal there. As far as I can remember, that's only happened for the Oilers once in their favor over the last handful of years. Other time I could appreciate a booth review is if we're in overtime. Kind of like football. You know, where it's the last two minutes of the game, I think it is, where it's booth reviews only. I don't mind that. But other than that, hey, Jeremy Koopel is on this stuff for the Oilers. It's not our fault that you don't have a Jeremy Koopel in your stable as well. And that wraps up the voicemail. We're going to get back to doing questions of the week next week. I'm just a little bit in my feelings after a trip from Vegas, you know? Starting to feel normal. I was legitimately worried that my voice wasn't going to carry through for the 50 minutes that we've been recording here, but we got through it. We did it. We did it together. And I appreciate all of you for chiming in on the voicemails. And I'm still looking for some reviews. Five-star reviews. Just give me a five-star review. You can say whatever the fuck you want. You can plug your kid. You know, Presto's is like, hey, I found out Liam's a scout. Come watch my kid. Give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and be like, five stars. Hey, my kid plays Major Midget or whatever it's called now. Come watch him. He's really good. He's a defenseman, blah, blah, blah. T- send this to Liam. I will send it to Liam. I promise you. I promise you. And chances are, if you're in his territory, he will go watch your kid play. That's what he does. He's a scout, you know? He's a scout. So I want to thank our friends at Betway. Trilogy Oilfield Rentals and the audio department for jumping in as the title sponsor of the podcast. And most importantly, all of you for listening. This podcast is growing because of you. 
I wanted to keep growing in year two. We're now at a one-year birthday for this podcast, and I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for just giving me something to do on Wednesday nights. It's fun. I like it. Thank you.